0: Welcome to the Power in Motion podcast, the show for women who want to develop a kinder relationship with their body, so you can feel healthy, happy, and confident without restricting food, doing torturous exercise, or constantly worrying about the number on the scale. I'm your host, Kim Hagel, size-inclusive fitness specialist and certified non-diet health and life coach specializing in body image. This podcast is here to provide weight-neutral, health-at-every-size-aligned information and coaching on sustainable habits and mindset shifts so you can feel your very best in the body you have right now. Let's lace up our runners and go for a walk while we chat. Well, hello there and welcome back to the Joyful Movement Show. I'm your host, Kim Hagel, Certified Personal Trainer and Registered Holistic Nutritionist. And today we're talking mindset and motivation, two of my favorite topics. And it's great timing, I think, for this conversation because it's now the middle of February. And this is typically the time when people start to fall off the wagon in terms of the goals and intentions they set for themselves at the start of the year. Despite your efforts to set yourself up for success by scheduling workouts and having the accountability system and committing to your plan, usually around this time willpower starts to run out and you find yourself struggling to stay motivated to continue. And as such, feelings of guilt, failure and worry start to set in about what not achieving your goals says about you. So before you tighten up the rules because you think you need more structure and discipline or before you join another six-week challenge thinking you need that accountability, just stick with me for a second here today because we're going to take a deep dive into your mindset to really help you get to the root of your struggles with consistency and motivation so you can get off that start-stop cycle. So if you've ever felt like you go all or nothing with exercise or that you have to track everything and follow a plan to the T in order to stick with it, this one's for you. Or if you feel pressure to work out and that if you're not active, there's something wrong with you, this is also for you. I'm really excited to get into today's topic because I think it's going to flip a switch for so many of you and will really help you see exactly what's going on in your mindset that is keeping you on this never-ending cycle of starting and stopping. I'm going to share with you four patterns of thinking that almost all women have when it comes to fitness and how they sabotage your goals and well-set plans. And then I'll teach you how you can shift your mindset in such a way that will allow you to step off that start-stop cycle and into consistent, joyful movement where motivation is a no-brainer. But before we do that, let me just Say, following a plan and participating in challenges or tracking your workouts and blocking off time in your schedule, all of those habits, none of them are bad. In fact, they can be fun and supportive tools to help us add variety into our movement practice or to assess our progress towards our fitness goals or to make sure that we are prioritizing ourselves in the midst of our very chaotic lives. So it's not that having structure and routine and following a workout plan is a bad thing. It all comes down to our why for choosing that. And that's what we're digging into today. The mindset that's driving the behavior. For example, if you schedule your workouts because there's a certain class you love and you want to make sure you don't miss it, or if you're participating in, say, a 30-day yoga challenge because you want to try it out for something different, those are all love-based behaviors, and that's cool. There's no have-tos or shoulds in doing this. It's rooted in self-care and wanting to prioritize movement that feels good, and there's no worry that if you miss a day that you've blown it completely. However, if you have thoughts like, if I don't have a plan to follow, I won't do it. Or if I don't block in the time, I won't go. Or if I don't track and see that check mark on my app that I did enough for the day, then I feel guilty. Those are fear-based thoughts, and they're not motivating. Sentences like these are essentially saying, I have to have these systems in place, or I won't do my exercise. And if I don't exercise, then I am... Fill in the blank. Lazy, unhealthy, a failure, etc. So on previous episodes, I've given you this one big question that you can ask yourself that's really awesome for assessing your why. And that question is, am I doing this to fix myself or am I doing this because I love myself? So that's my first advice for you today for always checking in with your mindset. Asking, am I operating out of fear or love? Now, my observation in the fitness industry is that the vast majority of people who start challenges or join a gym or hire a personal trainer or track all their workouts, usually all those behaviors that I just talked about are doing so from a fear-based mindset of wanting to fix themselves. Not always, but a large majority of the time. Whether the person's goal is to lose weight or just to become more active, generally there's a perceived need to do so because it's the right thing to do. I hear a lot of, I should exercise more, I need to stop being so lazy, or I have to lose these 10 pounds or tighten up my tummy. And even if the person knows, understands, and wants other benefits from exercise, like improved energy, stamina, and mood, this perceived need to fix themselves is what's operating behind the scenes and driving all of the decisions and behavior. Now, if you're identifying with this and feeling convicted, I invite you to extend yourself some grace. It makes 100% sense that we would think this way when the messaging from the fitness industry and the world in general is that smaller is better, health and weight are the same thing, and exercise is good for your health. Therefore, when we exercise, the objective should be to achieve or maintain a quote healthy weight. Now, I'm not going to argue those points today because I've done that in many previous episodes and you can go back and listen to any of the ones related to health and weight if you need more information on that topic. But what ends up happening because of all this cultural conditioning is a lot of all or nothing thinking or perfectionist type behavior in how we approach exercise. So today I want to introduce you to a concept called diet brain, which is a term that was coined by my mentor, Stephanie Doje and is essentially four patterns of thinking, actually thought errors, or as she calls them, mind fucks, that keep us spinning our wheels, trying to fix ourselves, but only getting further and further away from what we want. Now, don't get put off by the terminology. When I say diet brain, I'm not talking about yo-yo dieting or actually being on a diet at all. It's not actually about the act of dieting itself. In fact, you can have diet brain without ever even having been on a diet. Diet brain refers to the way that we think as a result of growing up in this world that worships the thin ideal and leads us to believe that there's one right way to look in order to be healthy and acceptable. Diet brain is learned behavior that we adopt after years of conditioning, hearing talk about weight, watching our mom's diet, having people comment on our bodies, seeing weight loss ads showing before and after pictures, watching movies where the heroin is always thin and beautiful, witnessing how people in large bodies are treated. After years of this conditioning, we adopt the belief that if we are anything other than the thin ideal, then there is something wrong with us. We don't measure up. And as such, we take on maladaptive behaviors to try to fix ourselves so that we can fit in. That might include dieting, or it could include fitness programs, weight loss challenges, cleanses, detoxes, or even makeup, beauty treatments, and even potentially surgery. And consequently, when we try these things to fix ourselves and they don't work, like either we don't lose weight or we can't maintain it or we run out of willpower to stick to our exercise or we can't get motivated to get going again, we blame ourselves and further feed the belief that there's something wrong with us. And so the cycle continues. So let's talk about the four dysfunctional thought patterns of diet brain and as I go through them and share some examples I invite you to consider how they show up for you and if so how it's contributing to your motivation and feeling caught on the start stop cycle. Remember none of this is your fault nor is it because you've done anything wrong. We have been socialized to think this way but awareness is the first step towards changing Before we can choose something different, we have to be aware of what's happening and why. So, the first thought pattern is all or nothing thinking, or otherwise known as black and white thinking. This is the pattern that I see so often in the fitness industry. And to be honest, our industry feeds this mindset to you when we say things like no pain, no gain, or you've got to be stronger than your excuses, or if you're not all in, you're all out. So that's what we do. We're either all in on a plan with diet and exercise, planning and measuring and doing the workouts, or we're all out. We fall off the wagon and revert to total chaos. It can sound like if I can't fit in an hour, then it's not worth it. If I eat a handful of chips, I might as well have the bag. I skipped my workout today. Now I'm back to square one. Or can look like someone who's never exercised before, who jumps right into an extreme program, <laughs> beach body, without easing in and finds themselves sore, exhausted, and defeated. It's where we employ willpower and discipline with such intensity that we leave no room for life to happen. And when it does, we have no idea how to handle it because we've set the bar too high. So we quit. The cycle is exhausting and eventually we all reach a point where we burn out and can't do it anymore. Number two is perfectionism. And I have yet to meet a woman in my programs that isn't a perfectionist in some way. Myself included. I'm recovering. When it comes to fitness, I see women taking a perfectionist approach because they think that's what it takes to be successful and get results. After many failed attempts to lose weight or to stick to an exercise program, the natural response is to think that you did something wrong, by the way, you didn't, and to tighten up control so that you can't possibly fail this time around. This is where we rigidly plan our workouts. We make sure that we schedule in weightlifting and cardio and HIT because we feel we have to do all the things and do them right all the time. We buy all the rules about how exercise needs to look. It can also look like thinking we have to be an expert before we start, where we might be afraid to attend a group fitness class because we might look out of place or we won't know the choreography. We won't try a beginner running program because we think we'll be the slowest one or we won't go to a yoga class because we're not flexible. By that token, perfectionism can keep us from doing anything at all. Perfectionism can also show up in our relationship with food, where we only eat clean or quote healthy or organic foods and thinking that other foods are bad and that we're bad as an extension if we eat them. But where perfectionism most often shows up is in those areas of our life that we feel okay in. Maybe it's at work or in your parenting or in your homemaking or how you do your hair and makeup, we overcompensate in the areas that we feel confident in to make up for the inadequacy we feel about our body. When we feel not good enough in some area, we adapt by finding our worth elsewhere and then making sure we kill it so that others will see our value too and maybe not judge us or reject us because of our body. People-pleasing is the third thought pattern of diet brain. This is where we put everyone else's needs ahead of our own, where we'll go out of our way to make sure that everyone else is happy and content, even if it means sacrificing our own well-being. It's rooted in a belief that we are fundamentally flawed, and we look to others to validate our worth, and we'll stop at nothing to get that validation. Now you might think, well, how does people-pleasing have anything to do with how I exercise? Well, where I see this show up is when people make what they call excuses, which, by the way, is not what I think they really are. It can sound like, well, I can't get to the gym because my kids need me or my job and schedule is all over the place and I can't fit movement in with any consistency. Or it can look like participating in exercise that you don't like or want to do because you feel like you have to to be doing it right. It's seeking validation or acceptance through others' opinions of you rather than making choices that honor your own needs and well-being. And the last thought pattern of diet brain is mental filtering or blaming your body. In other words, your body takes the blame for everything that's wrong in your life. If you're single or having a difficult time in your relationships, it's because of your weight. You didn't get the promotion that you applied for. It's because you're fat. Or it's playing small and not going after the things you truly desire because you don't like your body. It's where we put things off until we lose weight or get in shape and assume that everything will be easier and better if and when we do. And that's what often drives the desire to work out is this belief that everything you want in life is conditional upon losing weight and working out is the vehicle that will allow you to have that. So those are the four thought patterns and I wonder if you can identify with them. Does this help you to recognize where you're getting stuck? See, it's not that you've done anything wrong. It's not that you've failed at anything you've tried in the past. You don't actually need more rules, more structure, or something new and different, or even a trainer to hold you accountable. That's not where true motivation is found. Those things might work for a time, but inevitably it stops working. Not because you did something wrong, but simply because you're believing this conditioning that smaller is better... Health and weight are the same thing, and exercise is good for your health. Therefore, when we exercise, the objective should be to achieve or maintain a, quote, healthy weight. Changing your relationship with movement, staying consistent, and cultivating motivation that lasts starts by unlearning diet brain, undoing all that conditioning that makes you think you need to shrink or control your body to fit in, and learning to accept yourself as you are today. And once you know that, that you're acceptable and worthy just as you are, then you can start to chase health beyond the scale. You can choose to move in ways that are fun for you without worry about whether it's enough. You can set goals that light you up and inspire you and not stress about whether it's resulting in weight loss. And then you can actually experience all the other benefits that movement has to offer and really, really feel joy about movement. Now, if you're listening to this and saying, well, it sounds great in theory, but how the heck do I actually do this? Where do I even begin to undo my diet brain and all of those years of conditioning? Well, I'm here for you. This is big work and it certainly was not something I could figure out on my own. And let's face it, it's pretty hard to make the shift towards weight neutral fitness and body acceptance and joyful movement, no matter how much you want to, or how much you know intellectually when diet culture is chirping at you everywhere you turn, which is why I created my Discover Joyful Movement group coaching program. And if you resonate with what I teach here on the podcast, but know that you need support to get out of the all or nothing and off the start-stop cycle, then I would love for you to join us on the next cohort. Discover Joyful Movement is 12 weeks long, and we offer it three times a year. Now, if you're listening to this in real time, the next one is starting March 7th, 2022. If you're not listening to this in real time, then you can check my website for the next launch. It's a very unique program in that it addresses both movement and mindset. It's based on the 10 principles of Joyful Movement that I created, and it's for women who want to heal their relationship to exercise so they can experience movement that feels good for them sustainably and consistently. Now you get access to a large video library And live fitness classes each week so that you can learn the how-to part of movement. All the, the good form and what types of movement are best suited for your goals and needs. I teach you how to be in your body and tap into your intuition to choose movement that feels good and fun for you while honoring your abilities and limitations. But in addition to the movement part, there's also lessons, workbooks, journaling exercises, And weekly live group coaching to help you explore your beliefs about exercise, health, weight, and yourself so that you can unlearn all that diet culture programming and instead begin to set goals beyond the scale and find that true motivation that lasts. To the best of my knowledge, this is the only program of its kind that addresses both the movement and mindset piece. There are a lot of non-diet trainers out there offering body-positive or weight-neutral fitness training, and I think that's amazing. But where this program is different is we not only teach you the how to move part, we help you get to the root of your struggles by addressing the diet-brain mindset. So like I said, if this sounds like something you need, I encourage you to reach out to me through my website. The link is www.radiantvitality.ca slash discover joyful movement. And that's in the show notes as well. Or click the link in my Instagram bio to book a free discovery call. The call is no obligation. It's simply a chance for us to get to know one another and answer any questions you might have and really assess whether the program is a good fit on both sides, as I only take 10 women in the program at a time. Here's the thing. I love that I'm able to do this podcast and put valuable free content out there to help you with your relationship with exercise, but you can only go so far by gathering knowledge. At some point, to really make change, you've got to put the work in, and I'm a firm believer that we all need a coach to help us sift through the muck and see where we're stuck and help us see what we can't see ourselves, and I'd love to be that person for you. Either way, friend, I'm always here for you, and I'm always cheering you on. I hope that you found today's episode valuable and that it gave you some food for thought. If you join us inside Discover Joyful Movement, I cannot wait to work with you. If not, please stay in touch by following my social media channels. I'm at Radiant Vitality Wellness. Or come join us inside my free Facebook group. It's called the Joyful Movement Show Community. Until next week, thanks for hanging out with me today. Be well, and here's to your Radiant Vitality. Thanks for tuning into the Power in Motion podcast today. If you love what you're learning here, then I invite you to take the next step of embodying these concepts into your own life so that you can live your healthiest, happiest life and never again feel held back by your body. Coaching is the fastest, most efficient pathway to taking what you know in your head to actually applying it and seeing results. Whether you're looking to make changes around movement, food, body image, or all three, I'm here to help you nurture a kind, respectful, and trusting relationship with your body so you can feel your very best. Click the link in the show notes to book a free consultation and together we'll uncover what's getting in the way of you having the results you want. You'll leave this call knowing exactly what you need to work on and together we'll explore whether one of my coaching offers is a good fit for you. I can't wait to meet you.